Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I don't want to spend another lonely night. this is on your mind. At least I think I know why. Well, I was surprised. I had the same reaction that Jim Zoki just had. Kind of like, <laughs> uh, what? where'd that come from? <laughs> I'm going to go with my theory. Okay. Let's let this soak in for a minute. Is this Rascal Flatts? It is Rascal Flatts. I hate that guy's voice. Oh, I saw, them. <laughs> I saw them in concert. They were amazing. I'm sure they are. Just something about his voice. I have to say... I totally agree with Zoki on this one. You don't like it? It sounds like he has a bubble in his throat a little it's bit. It's like Luke Bryan and Rascal Flatts. I just, as soon as I hear the first note, I'm like, ah, I'm out. Well, have you heard Dan, uh, Dan and Shay? See you tomorrow, Zoke. <laughs> Dan and Shay are very talented, but they, they never met a ballad they didn't like. Well, they except, sound just like Rascal Flatts to me, Dan and Shay they're, do. No, they're talented. It's just, um, you know, I think it's kind of sappy with Dan and Shay. And not always with Rascal Flatts. They stole that Life is a Highway song, so that was all right. That is absolutely true, and that is fighting words right there. <laughs> Tom Cochran wrote the definitive version of that, and there never should have been another one. Oh. Although although my kids love the movie Cars, so. So you got mad at Rascal Flatts for singing. <laughs> I did. Yeah, the songs. We're not going to play the whole song, are we? <laughs> so here's my theory. I think I woke up because I was excited to be up and to come see you guys. So I was just praying for daylight. I can't wait to get up. No, we know you don't control the jukebox. <laughs> well, I think uh, I, I have a different theory. Like you were going down a country road because we are going to go down a country road today in a different direction. I'm so excited. Like I told Beth yesterday, just randomly, I was thinking to myself, it's been a long time since we did our contest. Not just any contest, the contest that's sweeping the nation. Today, it's the return. In this case, it's Name That Jason. Is our former program director one of the guesses? <laughs> he is not, but maybe he needs to be. Thanks, man. Hashtag. Baby, what you got going on Saturday, you know? Words got it. It's gonna right, be so a here's party. the deal. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Muscadine wine. You can find me in the back of a jacked up tailgate. Sitting there watching all these pretty things. Also, muscadine wine is horrible. It's delightful. No, it's not. I love it. Thank and you, John. And what you ball drink. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Put your buzz balls. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do that again. <laughs> All right, it's going to be your kind of party. Jason Aldean is performing live in Charlotte for the Highway Desperado Tour 2023 with special guests Mitchell Tenpenny and Corey Kent. PNC Music Pavilion, Thursday, August 10th. You will have chance, a chance to win tickets from WBT coming up next hour, just past the 7 o'clock news. If you can name that Jason. Oh!
Wait, wait. It's so good. Are we flipping formats to country today? Today we are. The 7 o'clock hour. So see, I woke up with country in my brain, That's and then I'm we saying. get Jason Aldean tickets. It's all, it's a theme, guys. It's a theme. I've seen him in concert. He's very good. Have you really? I like, well, as part of the, uh, one of those festivals where they do like five songs okay. and rotate out. So yeah. not a whole concert, but five hits. There you go. And uh, no, he's very good live. One of those ones like on the radio, you kind of get used to his songs, but he's good live. Yeah. So somebody's going to win those tickets today. And all they have, have a great to time. do is name that Jason. And get on their jacked up tailgate and my kind of party so again you gotta if you're not familiar with the contest that's sweeping the nation well why not where have you been yeah next hour just past seven o'clock i'll give you a call 704-570-1110 we have uh, a number of other famous jasons not named aldine and you know what i do here i play you one you get that one correct you move on to number two you get two correct you win a pair of tickets to see jason aldine coming to a PNC Music Pavilion on August 10th, later this summer. And by Thursday, we should have a winner. <laughs> it gets man, complicated. Oh, man, did Bo and I have so much fun yesterday texting each other back and forth. Famous Jasons. Whether it be actors named Jason, singers named Jason, or movie characters named Jason. That's exactly right. And uh, we have tickets today, tomorrow, and on Thursday. So I have three pairs to give away over the course of the next three days, and like Zoke says, uh, we'll see how long it takes, but that's part of the fun exactly. with this concert. In fact, uh, this contest. In fact, uh, maybe we could even try one out right now. This uh, <laughs> I may use this one at some point this week, so if you're listening right now and maybe you'll be back later, then you'll have a you'll have a leg up. But if I said, hey, who's this Jason? It's not you. It's me. <laughs> you're giving me the it's not you, it's me routine? <laughs> I invented it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Nobody tells me it's them, not me. If it's anybody, it's me. All right. <laughs> George, it's you. You're damn right it's me. <laughs> I know what you were trying to do. Nobody does it better than me. <laughs> so that's the kind of Jasons I would need to have a chance. Exactly. Yeah? Well, I see, that's that. the beauty of this is we have Jasons like that, and then we have Jasons that are off the beaten path. We even have Jasons that you have to think about you for have a second. To really thinking about them. But and man, it, I was sitting at. The, I had to get my car fixed yesterday, so my car was in the shop. So I was sitting in the waiting room at the the dealership, and all I was doing was texting, but oh my god, what about Jason so and so? And that's what I love about it is the obvious ones, and then there's like. Oh, wow. I said, there's one in particular I said, wow, that's stealth right there, Beth. It's my favorite one. It is my favorite one, and I can't wait. I can't wait to see if anybody gets it. I can it. see Bo in that lab, just in there, just like mm -hmm. producing like hundreds of Jasons, yeah. getting ready for three days of Jasons. Well, our, our, our promotions department told us about this yesterday, and then I was waiting for the official word, because I said, once I get this, then I'm going to go into the into Jason land. And he did. And I, I was texting him that, too. I was like, man, I'm, I can't sit in your lab with you and help you do all of this. All I did was provide the lists. I said, just be you, Beth. <laughs> just be you. And we'll have some fun with this on the show tomorrow. So in the 7 o'clock hour, it's the return of our favorite game show, Name That Jason for Jason Aldean Tickets. When we come back, I want to have this conversation with everybody in the room here. Today is the five-year anniversary of, I know, the biggest story that... Uh, thus far in my career has broken while I've been on the air. Uh, and I, I anticipated it as soon as I took the job back in 2012 because I knew it was somewhat imminent. 
but it's the, easily the biggest uh, the biggest news story that's happened while I've been on the air. I asked, I want to ask Zoki that question and Beth that question and John Moore that question as we remember uh, someone today that, uh, well, just synonymous with this area and then synonymous with people all across the world. Good morning, PT. And we have breaking news at 826. If you've just joined us within the last five minutes, we've learned that evangelist Billy Graham has died at the age of 99. That was five years ago today, and I was sitting in this same chair, and you heard what time it was, and I'll never forget that. I mean, when people ask me what's the biggest story that's broken while you've been on the air, I don't even blink because that's what it was, and I knew that was what it was going to be uh, before it even happened. I mean, obviously, barring something like 9-11, when I took this job in 2012, uh, I knew that uh, most likely— uh, the biggest story that would happen while I was on the air, and, I, you know, I'm still going, but uh, for the first decade at least would be that story. The thing about it is we didn't know, obviously, when it was going to happen, but when I took over uh, in 2012, it was relatively imminent. Billy Graham died in 2018 at the age of 99, so anytime uh, you reach the 90s, you know that uh, uh, it's, a, it's a long life lived. But Billy Graham passed away Five years ago today at the age of 99, uh, anytime I talk about Billy Graham, I have, to, I have to play my favorite Billy Graham clip of all time. My father had read somewhere that cows gave more milk if they listened to music. And so every morning we would start milking about 3 o'clock or 3.30. My mother always had breakfast at 5.30 in the morning, ready for us. And I remember we would listen to WBT. I think that was the only station on the air in those days, and it had just barely gotten on. And I remember the Briarhoppers and Charlie Crutchfield. We would milk those cows to the music that came. That was during his crusade, Billy Graham's wow. crusade at Erickson Stadium back in 1996. I remember that, the crusade, not him. Listening to WBT, but I love that. That's a, <laughs> no wonder I, our ratings were so high back then. They were the only thing on. <laughs> I love that he has that memory, though. That's great. That he had that memory and was was able to share it to a Charlotte audience at Erickson Stadium. It's really one cool of those stories that. that, like I said, I, I knew that it was somewhat imminent. The other interesting thing, I was talking to Zoki and, and Beth off the air about this, but when when I when I took over in 2012. Uh, there were several times over the years where, like I remember one time at the airport, there was a reporter in town that uh, stuck a microphone in Franklin Graham's face as he was getting in his car and said, how's your dad? And he said something to the effect of, uh, my dad is ready my dad is ready to be with the Lord, uh, which which meant in retrospect that uh, he's he's been ready for a long time. He doesn't fear death. Right. But a lot of uh, reporters and, and the national media took it to mean that he was uh, very close to death. Uh, you know, kind of the same situation that we believe that uh, former President Carter is in right now. And that was not the case because right. Billy Graham in in uh, totality lived several more years. But uh, for the first five years I was on the air, you always knew that that story was going to break at some point. Uh, and I didn't know if it'd be when I was doing my shift on the air or not. But when it did, by the time it did in 2018, you know, I had uh, I mean, all of us here at the station and I'm sure in other newsrooms across town and across the country were ready for that moment when it came. And we, uh, in the span of about three or four minutes, uh, went into what I call 
breaking news mode and for the rest of the day and the rest of the really the next few weeks uh, leading up to the funeral which we carried uh, here on on WBT the the funeral happened uh, for uh, Reverend Billy Graham so it got me thinking about that day and about the legacy of Billy Graham Uh, we think about him today but I also started thinking about what would be a similar story for the other people in this room Uh, Beth do you have a story that you immediately think of probably the biggest story that has broken while you have been uh, on TV or on the radio or wherever you've been in media that, that uh, really, at the moment when it happened, you thought this is a big deal. Well, it's interesting that you talk about Billy Graham because I was working at uh, WCNC and I was the, the anchor at NBC. And we, like you, had a lot of pre-produced stories in the history of Billy Graham, everything ready to go um, because we wanted to, to do his life justice and mm-hmm. do it well. Um, but I had retired from news uh, when when he passed away. I, I had just left the air, um, maybe like a month before, I think. But the story that I remember breaking on the air broke um, on the show that I was hosting, and I happened to be off that day. And it's a, it was this strange, I, I was watching my show. I used to do the morning show over at WCCB. It was called Fox News Rising at the time. Um, but it was the Virginia Tech shooting happened. Mm. It was April 16th of 2007. And I happened to have that day off, but was watching the show and saw the news break. And it was one of those things where, you know, as the uh, as the the usual anchor, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I left this in the hands of, of some poor person. I think it was Eva Pilgrim who was filling in for me, who's now on Good Morning America. Um, and I, I, my heart broke because she was in the, the position to have to talk about such a difficult story because that was, you know, one of the... It, after Columbine, kind of the next mm-hmm. the shooting that people remembered um, in their their minds of being just this tragic, horrific situation. And to talk about those kinds of things live on the air is never easy. It's so heartbreaking. I want to ask Zoki the same question and John Moore as well as we uh, remember Billy Graham five years later. Uh, he died in 2018. And uh, obviously the, the day itself is one we'll never forget. And then the days that followed and, of course, the funeral that happened at the Billy Graham Library. WBT. Because of the, the HIV virus that I have attained, uh, I will have to retire from the Lakers. That was 1991. Now, I remember where I was, but I was uh, I was not actually was a part-time employee here, but I was not here. But uh, the more important story here is who was here. And we're talking about on the five-year anniversary of the passing of Billy Graham, uh, around the room here, the biggest stories that have broken while each of us were doing an air shift, whether that be TV for Beth or radio for me or radio for Jim Zoki. 1991. Wow. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. And we used to do, as Bo knows, the old sports huddle show would come on at 630. We used to simulcast the Channel 3 news from 6 till 630. And then we would do sports huddle 630 till 8. And it was just a few minutes before we went on the air that that news came down about Magic Johnson in that press conference with the Lakers. And, you know, back then when you heard somebody had HIV, it was basically a death sentence at that point. Right. It mm-hmm. was terrifying news. So it's Magic Johnson. It's that news. And, you know, we did an hour and a half. And so there's no time to prep. You just react to a show like that. But as far as sports stories go, even though that was now 31 years later, that's amazing uh, audio to hear that because um, at that time that was just so – just uh, out of left field and devastating and tragic sounding. But here, Magic Johnson is 31 years later, and 
Uh, It's not a death sentence, as it turns out, for everybody. And uh, in his case, uh, he's gone on to lead uh, a really healthy life since then. And and at this point, it doesn't even show up in his blood anymore from the news reports that you read, Mm -hmm. which isn't... The medical world, the medical advancements surrounding Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, what would we have said if we, I mean, back on that day, what would we have said if someone had said, hey, he's going to be alive and thriving in 2023? Mm -hmm. And that's true. I mean, you don't even, I mean, look, I think uh, there's there's a generation that thinks about magic and, and that story uh, today because it's sort of etched in your, your memory. But but the modern-day Magic Johnson, I mean, you, you, you would never know that he had any issues with anything. No. He looks as healthy as ever. Right. Most people in the younger generation may not even know that part of the story. Mm-hmm. They may just know. Did they cover that in that Showtime or whatever documentary? Because I, didn't, I never did end up watching. I watched the first episode, I think, of that, but that was it. Yeah, did they cover the documentary that? itself? Not the not the not the the dramatic series, but in the doc the, the the documentary. Yeah, documentary part. Yeah, yeah it, and and it's um, it's it's remarkable to to watch that because he also had the reaction that everybody else had because it was that time in history and the way that that people felt and talked about the the AIDS virus about HIV and then you know this documentary ends with him buying the Dodgers and you know being or being a part owner of the Dodgers and being out on the field and. I mean, he was in the news today. Just he was at um, uh, a historically black university. Was at, uh, at, at you know making a donation and, and and thriving and dancing with all of the students. And you that what a what a remarkable story that one is. But I can't imagine having been on the air and being a sports reporter when that story broke. And there too, you know, you're pre-internet, so it's not like you have all this. Right. Twitter feed at your fingertips to, to keep up with the latest. You basically had to hear the press conference and react to it and wait for the next day's newspaper to come out. Right. <laughs> to in 1991. And that's what the great thing about radio was then and is now is the immediacy of being able to talk about something, but also open phone lines and react to people and have people chime in about right. it. Uh, whereas Twitter has done a lot of that as far as immediate reaction to news mm-hmm. stories. You didn't have a lot of outlets like that back then, obviously. Yeah, Do you remember that night? Did you all stay on the air longer than normal? I think we did, actually. Well, we may have or we may not have. I can't say that for sure because it could have been a Hornets basketball game That's that true. night for all I know. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember, in fact, uh, now if we stayed longer or not. But it certainly was the uh, entire show. And I was telling Bo another story that as far as going on the air. I was filling in, I believe, for Bo. Uh, I guess it would be about 10 years ago when the Aurora movie theater shooting happened. You mentioned Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. And Chris Miller came down from the newsroom at like 5 till 5 a.m., 4.55, and said uh, the story had just come out about the movie theater shooting. And so that, you know, it's a Friday, and we had, I had Sean O'Connell plan. I had all this kind of, <laughs> you know, combination of news and lighthearted Friday stuff coming up, uh, restaurant reviews and things like that with Charles Jenkins. And it's like, you, as Bo knows, you just shove it all aside, yeah. <laughs> and you do four hours of just, uh, at that point, trying to come up with what is the information, finding anything from out there. And uh, and then that became the thing. Um, and I'm not saying that each shooting is not a big deal, but there are so many now. Back then, it was more rare mm-hmm. to have a major shooting. Sadly, there are so many now. You would still, I think, flush the format and completely go with that story. But especially, you mentioned Virginia Tech, yeah. Aurora shooting. Like That would be like the story for weeks Yes. after something like that. Sadly, now, there's so many. It's like it still gets a lot of airplay. It's still very important. But you know, then it, it seemed fewer and, and more far between those kind of stories. Well, and I mentioned this. I, I brought this up, for starters, because today's the five-year anniversary of the passing of Billy Graham, which happened in the 8 o'clock hour uh, on that day in 2018 when I was on the air. And that was one of those stories where... Uh, it was a surprise in the moment that it happened 
that particular day, but it's also one of those ones we've been anticipating for right. years. And so in about a five-minute span, we rolled into coverage that we'd been planning. Uh, I knew I'd been getting ready for years. And so really for the next week and a half leading up to his funeral, where we did a seven-hour broadcast from the, the Billy Graham Library uh, of that entire uh, day, uh, those, ne- those next two weeks were kind of a blur after yeah. that point. Yeah. Uh, and here's another thing. As we're going to break... Just out of sheer coincidence, I've only been to Boston one time. The one time that I visited Boston was with my family uh, back in 1991. We were doing a New England tour. I was in Boston the day that the Magic Johnson announcement happened. You know, this is during the heyday of the Lakers and the Celtics. And so I actually, oh, I actually, would, wow. when I go on vacation, I tend to not listen to talk radio. I listen to, to music because I'm trying to just kind of get that out of my head. Even back then, I did the same thing. So I remember listening to KISS 108, which is Boston's big top 40 station. And I'll never forget how the Boston media treated the Magic Johnson story. I even have footage on it. I can find it during the break because, surprise, I was rolling tape on it. But, <laughs> but you're such a cool guy. But that was <laughs> that that just struck me as you know being in the middle of the hated rivals of the L.A. Lakers, and yeah. I remember the reverence and the shock that they had when this story broke in 1991. What a strange place to be for that story. I know, and I've, I have only been one time ever, and it happened to be then. That wow. was wow, and you rolled tape on it. Yeah, um, I'll tell you how that happened. And then his one trip to New York. <laughs> Six, There's a shooting. Uh, b- been there twice. <laughs> WBT, where business talks, presented by Ram Pavement. All right, 10 before 7 o'clock here on this Tuesday morning. The markets were closed yesterday for the President's Day holiday. So uh, uh, we, do, we have nothing to go back to, but I can tell you that futures today, all in the red, Dow futures down 233, S&P futures down 27, NASDAQ futures down uh, 101. So I was saying earlier that uh, back in 1991 in Boston, because we're, we're asking the question to the room here. Uh, and before I go any further, uh, I haven't had a chance to ask John Moore this question yet. But John Moore, uh, you've been uh, working in radio for many, many years uh, in many places before here. Uh, here on the uh, five-year anniversary of the passing of Billy Graham, I said that's the biggest story that's ever broken while I've been on the air. Uh, and we talked to Beth and talked to Jim about their examples. Is there one that you think of? I think it's a lot smaller story than the Billy Graham story, but when I was working back in country radio in the late 90s, uh, Clay Walker was having a string of hits. In two years, he had five number one country hits. Mm-hmm. And then in 1996, he uh, he uh, came out and, and told everyone he had multiple sclerosis. MS, at the time, I didn't know a lot about it. There wasn't a lot of talk about it. We didn't have the social media like we do now, so you could just – Google it and look it up and all that stuff, but it was, uh, you know, we thought, oh, wow, this is pretty bad and all that kind of thing, but as we learned later on, MS can be manageable, and he's mm-hmm. continued to write music and that kind of thing, but I just remember that when, when that was told on the air, but that was uh, that was like a big a big, big moment then. Yeah, yeah for, for that industry, when you're in it all the time, you yeah. just live and breathe country music, and when somebody announces something like that, it feels, feels pretty big. So. Clay Walker was a big deal. He was the it guy for a while. Yes, yeah. and he's—I uh, mean—he's still around. And and we we talk about him. He's still here. And 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 Zoki brought up the example earlier of uh, 1991 being on the air on WBT doing the Sports Huddle Show when Magic Johnson made his announcement that he had HIV. Beth was talking about working for WCCB in the morning uh, when the Virginia Tech shooting happened. Mm-hmm. So we can all remember stories uh, that affected us that we all we knew in the moment. Sometimes you know the scope of it. 
it and sometimes you don't. Uh, Or at least in in my situation, uh, the Billy Graham story was expected at some point because he was in his middle 90s. Uh, a story like uh, Magic Johnson or the, the, the shooting that Beth talks, you, you know, that's not one you can ever know that's coming. Right. And you don't know exactly what's uh, like in the middle of a shooting. You don't know if it's over. Yeah, you don't um, know details. I mean, things are coming in and you're trying to do everything and understand it and make sense of it live as as it was happening. And then uh, <laughs> Zoki brought to my attention that, uh, OK, so uh, I, when, when the Boston thing happens, happened, I, I was in Boston. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, when the uh, when the uh, Magic Johnson thing happened, I was in Boston, of all places, and I was, was listening to the radio there, and then he reminded me that uh, when the Aurora shooting happened, I was off that day, Zoki was filling in, and then when I went to uh, Washington with my kids, uh, you know, uh, D.C. tour, that's the day that the... The guy in the the, the bicycle little Plane. The Plane. La- launcher little launcher apparatus <laughs> landed on the Capitol lawn, uh-huh. <laughs> and then and then when I went to New York a few years ago, a lo- it was, uh, it was that shooting. was this, the subway bombing scare. Yes. So when are you planning a trip? <laughs> Never again. And we don't want to travel with you. <laughs> I know. I, I'm starting really to start to look uh, look inwardly. It's here. like wherever you're going, that's where the news story is going to happen. Apparently, I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I mentioned uh, last last segment that in in 1991, I just so happened to be in Boston. Uh, taking a New England trip with my family and being in that city, listening to Boston radio the day that Magic Johnson of the of the dreaded Lakers, uh, he announced that he had HIV. I found some tape of it. How about that drum roll? For fine diamond and gold jewelry, it's Lloyd's, Route 28, Salem. Next End to of a commercial, obviously. Daniel Webster in Nashua next to Green Ridge Turkey Farm, South Willow across from TJ Maxx in it's Manchester. So radio. And in Braintree, <laughs> Burlington and Saugus, Mass. Pay the bills. Here it is. <laughs> This is Judy Paparelli and from Matt Schaefer with a KISS 108 60-second update covering these stories this hour. Reaction continues to be felt around the world to Magic Johnson's retirement yesterday after testing positive for the HIV virus. A California newspaper quotes Johnson's doctor as saying he got the virus through heterosexual sex and that his wife, who tested negative, is seven weeks pregnant now. Meanwhile, just about everyone was inspired by Magic's attitude in dealing with this situation, including President Bush. I just can't tell you the, the high regard that I have for this athlete. And I can empathize with him. I, I did catch a little bit of it on television, his, his statement here. Uh, saw the heartbreak of some of the kids that idolize him. And so it's a tragedy. Magic Johnson, by the way, will be on the Arsenio Hall show tonight to discuss it. <laughs> Arsenio Hall. See, no, that's wow. a snapshot in time, right? Always great to hear Dana Carvey, too. <laughs> well, I know. It, he's, isn't it remarkable how good Dana Carvey's impersonation was of George H.W. Bush? Don't like it. I don't like it. A thousand points of light. Thousand points. Not gonna do not it. Not gonna eat the broccoli. Not gonna do it. So that's uh, that was Kiss 108, which is the big top 40 station uh, in Boston, uh, and and right there was the day after. But I, I was there for several days, and I don't have the tape of the actual moment, but I remember listening to it, and um, so wow, you know, flash. The magic's okay, flash. as we said. So it's right. okay. To- have a little fun with 30 right, years ago. Right, right. What a, I mean, what a cool snapshot in history to have. He's going to be on the Arsenio Hall show, and here is no. George H.W. Bush talking about the incident. I, 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 I wish that I had rolled on, you know, all of the TV moments of uh, in history of things like that, the commercials, and then there all the things that are going on in between. I took a jam box with headphones on the plane and then carried it around Boston because that's the biggest radio market to that point in my life I'd ever been to. I wanted to know how big time 
huge market radio sound. You are so adorable. I love that you had, <laughs> even back then. So in 91, you would have been what, 16? Uh-huh. 16 years old, walking around. And this is pre-9-11 flight, so you could probably have the jam box just you sitting on your lap, box. right? I did. And it, you probably had nobody sitting it, in the aisle with you. It was a jam box and I, and I with detachable speakers, so I, it wasn't as bulky. So I took those off and just put my headphones on and just rolled tape on the radio stations and wanted to know, like, the commercials and every the imaging, everything, and, and I still have that tape. I mean, it's oh like big-time stuff. Oh, my gosh. He was in training. <laughs> Imagine if you had had the technology that we have now when you were younger Bo Thompson. So much I easier. I know. I can now, you know, by the power of the Internet, listen to any any Just station anywhere. That would have blown my mind when I was a kid then. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I'm looking at I'm thinking about little 16-year-old little <laughs> Bo Thompson and his little jam box and his little earphones. Quiet, guys. Yeah. I'm listening to AM radio right. in Boston. <laughs> Keep it down, They're doing Mom. some imaging right now. Kiss 108. Really cool. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey, guess what? This is really cool. Coming up after the news, the return of the game show that's sweeping the nation. Sweeping the nation. It's back. It's Name That Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. He's coming to PNC Pavilion August 10th. I have a pair of tickets today, tomorrow, and Thursday. If you can name that Jason, 704-570-1110. So excited we're switching formats today. (laughs) Stay with us. Good morning, BT continues. All right, we're getting warmed up here. 704. Sorry. Seven zero four five seven zero eleven ten in the weeds in the weeds in the woods. If I um, I hate saying stuff like that. There, I don't know. Did he not? Did he marry a former Charlotte Hornets cheerleader? Yes, I'm right. Okay. correct. Charlotte Bobcats cheerleader. Oh, Bobcats even more obscure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, I did not know this. Yeah, I love when I just say stuff live on the air. And hope I'm right. <laughs> Jason Ald- no, that was Clay Walker. <laughs> Jason Aldean is coming to PNC Music Pavilion on Thursday, August 10th, 704-570-1110. When we have tickets to give away, you know what we do. Name that Jason. And what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two Jasons. If you get to the second Jason, you got to name one correctly. You get that one right, then you move on to the next Jason. And if you win, if you get uh, two Jasons correct in a row, then you will win the tickets. If you don't get... The first Jason right, then it goes on to the next person. So, Bo, what you're saying is you have to get a Jason first and then get a second Jason. <laughs> and if you win the ticket, you'll say, thanks, man. 704-570-1110. We want to play Name That Jason with you. Are the phones broken? I don't know what's going on. Here we go. 704-570-1110. I thought this was going to be really easy. Country fans are hungover usually because they've been out late, uh, out of Coyote Joe's, so they're just now waking up. Coyote Joe's. You know, 
I can't remember the last time I was at Coyote Joe's. I remember exactly the last time I was at Coyote Joe's. Who played? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I remember exactly had a good time, yeah. when I was there. You went for open night night? <laughs> I don't know who played. But what I, were you wearing? I actually do know what I was wearing. Red boots. I didn't I know, but I rode the bull. Is there a bull there? But you don't Maybe know who was playing? Wait a, minute, wait a minute. I rode, I rode the bull. Is there a bull there? Were you in a movie? Maybe I was. Maybe you were in a movie. It wasn't Coyote Jeff. That was Urban Cowboy you were watching. <laughs> you know, I've been here for 28 years. I've never been to Coyote Joe's. Uh, never really? been. Is the, is the Palomino Club still a thing? Oh. Uh, Maybe that's where I was. 704-570-1110. So uh, the Jason Aldean Highway Desperado Tour. Special guests Mitchell Tenpenny and Corey Kent, PNC Music Pavilion, on Thursday, August 10th. Your chance to win tickets right now at 704-570-1110. Let's welcome Steve to News Talk 1110 WBT. Steve wants to try to win some Jason Aldean tickets. Good morning, Steve. Hey, how you doing? We're right. great. We hope you are. Are you ready for your good, first good. you ready for your first Jason to name? Name that Jason? Yes, sir. All right, here is Jason number one. Fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on a Batman. Why not? Because I don't like you coming here, digging into my business, getting into my life. I want to be left alone. That way you do this? Hey, help these people out here in the middle of nowhere? I've read the stories. Your good deeds you think no one sees? You'll join us. Strong man as strong as alone. You ever heard that? You ever hear of Superman? He died fighting next to me. My point exactly. You believe we were stronger together. We owe it to him. I don't owe anyone anything. All right, he says he doesn't owe anybody anything. Steve, do you okay. know which Jason that is? Uh, no, not really. Uh, they, uh, Jason Patrick? That is not Jason Patrick, I'm sorry. That is not Jason Patrick. I thought, I thought that was going to be a pretty easy one to start out with. Maybe I'm stumping people now. Are you looking at me because you don't know? I actually, I think I know who that one is. I think this is one of the ones I suggested to yeah, you. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and... He, he's he. Uh, I'm trying to think if it's the if it's who I think it is. It, it, a hint for this one. Um, his no. I can't. Ben Affleck is talking to him. Yes, Ben Affleck is talking to him in this particular clip. Uh, Bruce Wayne is talking to him in this particular clip. So uh, that's about as much as I'm going to give you. I don't want to. I don't want to make it too easy here. But again, the the point is, you call 704-570-1110. You get one right, and then you move on to the next one. You get that one right, then you win the ticket. So right there, he got the first one wrong. So now this particular one is on the board. Roll that real quick again, John. Fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on a Batman. Why not? Because I don't like you coming here, digging into my business, getting into my life. <laughs> I want to be left alone. I want to be left Nobody alone, he this? says. That's the guy. The guy who says, I want to be left alone. He's, uh, oh, he, the ladies love him. Let's yeah. just, we'll put it that way. The ladies love him. That's the best hint I can give. I'll give you another hint. And this one may not mean anything. Baywatch Hawaii. Oh, that one doesn't mean anything to me, but I did not know that. First show he was ever on where he was a star. No way. Not kidding. Richard, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT on line one. Richard, uh, real quick, do you know who this is? Yes. Yeah, it's Jason Momona. Jason yeah. Momoa is correct. Yeah. All right. Hey. Jason Momoa, you're, you're halfway home. Hey. Actually, uh, Richard, you're going to have to hang on for a second. Can you do that? 
Yes, sir. All right, hang on. We'll come back to Richard. He's got. Uh, he's halfway home. He knew that was Jason Momoa, a.k.a. Aquaman. Aquaman. I was gonna, the hint I was going to give was he has a really cool eyebrow. Is that you know, that that <laughs> scar in his eyebrow? Meanwhile, I thought you meant unibrow. Okay, I got you. <laughs> no, he has like that in his left eyebrow. He has like a scar. Meanwhile, Bo's talking about Baywatch Hawaii. <laughs> uh, all right, we're right in the middle of Name That Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. He's coming to PNC Music Pavilion on Thursday, August 10th. We got tickets today, tomorrow, and Thursday, a pair each time. And I don't uh, usually make a practice, practice of this, but uh, Richard uh, called right on the edge there of the break. So, uh, you know, and the contest kind of goes as it goes. Yeah. So Richard named one Jason correctly. It was this one. Fight comes, we'll need you. Don't count on a Batman. Why not? Because I don't like you coming here, digging into my business, getting into my life. I want to be left alone. I want to be left alone. That was, of course, Aquaman Jason Momoa, as Richard identified correctly. So, Richard, you're one for one. All right. Yay! Are you ready for number two? Yes, sir. Let's do it. If you get this one right, then you are on your way to see Jason Aldean coming up later this summer. Here is the next Jason that he has to identify. How much can you tell me about Deep Throat? How much do you need to know? You trust him? Yeah. I can't do the reporting for my reporters, which means I have to trust them. And I hate trusting anybody. Run that, baby. All right, Richard, who is that Jason? Oh, my God, man. Oh, man. I don't know, man. You want to take a guess? Uh, oh, man. How about, how about, how about, can I get a hint? Can I get a hint? Um, he is no longer with us. Is that right? <laughs> that is true. He's no longer with There's us. There's a massive hint in the very, very first thing that he said. Roll that again, John Moore. How much can you tell me about Deep Throat? How much do you need to know? All right. Nothing? I got nothing, man. No. Oh, I'm Richard. Sorry, Richard. Thanks for hanging on for us. Oh, boy. Micah. Micah on line two is on News Talk 1110 WBT as we play Name That Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. you got to name a, another famous Jason not named Aldean, 704-570-1110 if you want to get on board here. Micah, how you doing? Doing well. I've got no clue, that is. Oh, oh no. Man. Do you want to hear it one more time for the hint? No, because it's still won't <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, Micah. Thanks for calling. Nobody knows oh, who this wow. Jason See, I thought this was going to be. Roll that again, John Moore. How much can you tell me about Deep Throat? How much do you need to know? You trust him? Yeah. I can't do the reporting for my reporters, which means I have to trust them. And I hate trusting anybody. Run that, baby. Run that baby. Run that baby. See, I always I try to plug in convenient hints yes, where, where needed. And that's the perfect hint is the beginning of that one. Oh, the lines are lighting up. All People right. know who this is now. Let's go to Matthew on line one. Hi, Matthew. Hello. Hi, Matthew. Do you do you know who our who our latest Jason is? Do I need to play it for you? I believe it's Jason Robards. Jason Robards. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Well done. Ooh, very All right. good. Matthew, you're halfway home. Got to name one more Jason to win the tickets. John Moore, let's get number yeah. one, actually. All right. All right. Here is the next Jason to identify Matthew. Marty. What are you doing here? I wanted to make sure you were okay. I heard about that truck assault on the radio. Okay. They're saying that it was mob-related, yeah, but it feels more like cartel to me. You're going to have to go, okay? You can tell me 
Was this us? There is no us. What's this? It's a car. It's a transformer, and I spoke to you about conspicuous spending. Send this back. Now, see, Marty, that's your problem. You, you are always trying to control everything. Got it. Loosen up a little sparkle in your step. Please get back in the toy and leave. Now, okay. Listen, <laughs> I think we experienced a real breakthrough in our last session. I don't. I'm kicked out of the house. That just means we're going somewhere good. Oh, disagree. Hey, Sue. Everything okay? Uh, okay. So, uh, Matthew, uh, who is the lady talking to? Which Jason is that? Oh, these Jasons are tough. Uh, no clue. Oh, oh man. Matthew. Matthew. I'm sorry, Matthew. I thought that was going to be significantly easier. Uh, John Moore was nodding his head. Yeah. All right, Bert is on News Talk 1110 WBT. Name that Jason. How you doing, Bert? Doing fine. How about y'all? We're, We're good. We're awesome. Uh, so we have a Jason on the board right now. Do you need a, a little taste of it? Uh, try Jason Robars. Well, that was the last one. That's <laughs> not oh, Jason Robars. I missed that one. Oh, well, then we'll play it for you again. We'll play uh, it for this, you this again. Is, this, is, this is the one that's on the board right now. Marty. Here we go. What are you doing here? I wanted to make sure you were okay. I heard about that truck assault on the radio. Okay. They're saying that it was mob-related, yeah, but it time. feels more like cartel to me. You're going to have to go, okay? You can tell me, was this us? There is no us. What's okay. this? Okay, the lady is talking to a, a Jason right there. Do you know who that one is? I've got no clue. I am so sorry. Oh, Bert, don't be sorry. We're sorry. No. Uh, all right, uh... We're going to have to head to news here. Julie's waiting on the on the line. We still don't have a winner. 704-570-1110. You know the rules here. you got to name two correct Jasons. So we have a Jason on the board. I'll give you a hint as we go to the break. He was Ricky Stratton's nemesis way back when. All right. Back to the news center <laughs> now. You're looking at me, Beth, like you don't know what I mean. Come on, you get track of little silver spoons with me here. Did I send this one to you? <laughs> uh, I did. You did, but you didn't. Now I know. Welcome back. We're giving away Jason Aldean tickets coming to PNC Music Pavilion on Boy, August 10th. All you got to do is name that Jason. Famous Jasons, other than Aldean, got to win two in a row or name two in a row to win the tickets. If you name one. Or should I say, you get one wrong, then it goes on to the next person. They have to get it. It's what we do. It's the uh, game show Sweeping the Nation, and people have been uh, lined up, ready to go here. Let's see. Let's bring Shane on here. Shane, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT on Line 5. Hey, Shane. All right, Shane, uh, we have a Jason on the board. Do you need to hear that Jason again? I think I have it. All right, I'm going to give you just a a short little taste of it because some listeners may not have heard this. Here we go, John Moore. Marty. What are you doing here? I wanted to make sure you were okay. I heard about that truck assault on the radio. Okay. They're saying that it was mob-related, but it feels more like cartel. All right, so who's the lady talking to there, Shane? The Jason Bateman. That is correct. That is correct. Now, if we really had a problem with this, I was going to go, like, really old school and say, here, here would have been a hint. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Because, you know, Ricky's buddy <laughs> or, or nemesis was Derek, who was played by a childlike Jason Bateman. Okay. Together. 
All right, so Shane, you're halfway home here. It's time for the next Jason. Uh, John Moore, let's get Jason number... Oh, I like this, Jay. Jason number four. This may be my favorite Jason in the whole Oh, bit. is this the one I think it is? Probably so. I'm so excited, Shane. My name's uh, Brandon Walsh. Brandon Walsh. Scotch or Irish? Both, actually. By way of Minnesota. Listen, what you did to those two Nimrods back there was great. Yeah, well, I just don't believe in winning through intimidation. Unless, of course, I'm doing the intimidating. Are you hungry? <laughs> I got next period off. We go grab a bite. Yeah. Let's do lunch. Don't see much water in Minnesota. Lots of lakes, no oceans. All right, Shane, which Jason is that? Oh, come on. Uh, you got this, Shane. I'm going to give you a How about this right here? <laughs> no, nothing? Nothing, Shane? Uh, I got nothing on Oh, that. no, Shane. Oh, I thought he would have that one. That's my favorite Jason in the bunch. You look like this Jason, actually. <laughs> People used to tell me in high school I reminded them of this Jason. Well, yeah, because you're a good boy. <laughs> I'm a good boy. You're a good boy. You're such a good boy. <laughs> yes, I am a dog. Uh, Glenn, Glenn is on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, Glenn. Hey, how you all doing? Hey, Glenn, we're great. All right, we have a Jason on the board. I'm here. here. We're here. You ready? You there? Uh, We're there. One more time. Can you hear me, Glenn? Yes, I can hear you. All right, this is the uh, Jason you need to hear right now. My name's Brandon Walsh. Brandon Walsh. I have Scotch or Irish? Say what? I knew the I knew the first three, but I don't know that one. Oh no! You don't know who Dylan's talking to right there? Uh, Jason Westbrook, how's that? No. Oh, that's a good guess, though. Oh, so it's, it's not Jason Westbrook. All right. Let's go to uh, John on line two. John, welcome to WBT. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, I know who the guy is. I can picture him. I... <laughs> Draw the blank. You, you can uh, see the sideburns, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jason Voorhees. No. Oh! No. No. <laughs> wow, Brandon Walsh is going to be offended. I know. <laughs> you just called him an axe murderer. All right, so let's go to Fox. Fox is on line one. Hi, Fox. Jason Priestley. Yeah. Way to go! All right, stop yelling into the microphone. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. uh, Watch what I'm gonna do here. Hey, Fox, uh, here is the second Jason. It's number two, John Moore. It's actually someone someone speaking on behalf of the Jason. I want you to identify. All right, here we go. Oh, my sweet innocent Jason, my only child, Jason. You had drowned. You never paid any attention. Look what you did to him. Look what you did to him. (laughs) All right, Fox, who is the Jason she is referring to? I'm lost on this one, buddy. Oh, Oh, no. <laughs> Those last two callers, wait, wait. the last two callers, if they had teamed up. Dwayne, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, how are you guys? We're, We're awesome, Dwayne. All right, do you know who she was talking about? Jason Myers. 
No, oh, I that's... see what I see what you did. You mixed two you, guys up. You just did a you did a Halloween hybrid. You did. But it's the wrong one. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. Y'all, this is way harder. Jasons are hard. Yeah. This. this... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to traffic right now, why don't we? Here's Pam Warner. <laughs> hey, Pam. I am just dying over here. <laughs> you can't, you can't do this to me. News <laughs> Talk 1110 WBT. Time to cross the streams as we do every time at this moment of the day. We actually do it twice, mornings and afternoons. But uh, here on Good Morning BT, presented by Window Nation. Upgrade your windows today at windownation.com. It's the return of the one and only Brett Winterbull. Good morning. It's great to be with you guys. How you doing? Uh, dude, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's been a morning yeah, so far in this room. We're recovering. We are recovering. I, I, I find it uh, that I need to, before we go any further... You were with us at the end of the last segment. I'm getting feedback still from that segment. Uh, funniest thing ever. I'm laughing wow. so hard here in Louisville. Hilarious. In Louisville. In Louisville. You know what it takes to get people laughing in Louisville? I mean, it takes a lot. It uh, you it, know who that was who sent me that, Beth? Who was that? Uh, that would be the son of one Ty Boyd. Oh, that's awesome. That would gosh. be Robert Boyd weighing in. So uh, we made Robert laugh uh, in Kentucky this morning. I'm glad we could make you giggle. And uh, no Robert, doubt, we love you. There you go. <laughs> I think Eric is over here still laughing. Uh, but so here we have, uh, we still have uh, a pair of tickets to the Jason Aldean show that we're giving away today for uh, naming that Jason other than Aldean. We have one on the board right now. We'll continue after the top of the hour. But uh, right now, uh, Brett, we have not talked to you in a few days, and a lot's happened, namely this surprise visit to Ukraine yesterday. Uh, you weren't on yesterday afternoon, so this is our first opportunity on the station to hear what you think about this move made by the president. Uh, and, and he's obviously on a of an overseas trip right now, but that yeah. was a surprise detour. Yeah, it was. It was, it was very surprising that, that he would make that trip, uh, obviously, with the first anniversary of this war against uh, Ukraine by the Russians or the war against the Russians by Ukraine. Um, you know, you, he he telegraphed the fact that, you know, he, he wants to continue to support this. It would make logical sense to go there. But going into Kiev is different than going into uh, Warsaw. And uh, look, it, it, it's it's good that uh, they were able to maintain the operational security, that that there wasn't uh, any uh, nonsense or shenanigans. And so um, we wait to hear this speech. It's going to be made, I, I think, about 1130 this after this morning, mm -hmm. where uh, the big the big question is whether or not he's going to offer up uh, jets and uh, long range missiles. Uh, Putin gave a speech earlier today. Um, very typical of the old aggrieved Soviet days. Um, nothing, nothing new there. He, he's trafficking in a, in a whole bunch of lies. And now I'm going to get blown up on Twitter by the Putin constituency out there. But that's, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's good that he went and met with the guy that he's given $113 billion in weaponry to. So it's good. Well, that leads me to my next question. NBC um, put out a poll this morning that the country is pretty much divided. It's 49% to 47% right now um, with some undecideds in there uh, yeah. that, you know, 49% of Americans want taxpayer money to be sent to Ukraine and 47% they're saying no we don't mm -hmm. so i mean it, it we're 
pretty much divided on this the way we are on so many other things at this point in our history. Well, but but I mean, if that's if that's the polls that are out there right now, the, the, the people who are supporting this are the people that are in power. And that's all that really matters as far as the president's concerned. Um, if, if people don't like it, they can lump it. Uh, and that's sort of the mentality that, that we've gone in with this. Here's the problem. We just got out of a 20 year engagement over in Afghanistan, left a whole bunch of, uh, of, of stuff uh, behind Parabellum left behind on the battlefield. Who the heck knows what's going on with that? I think the American people generally are war weary. And uh, I think you will see that poll flip violently if uh, you end up with any discussion of American uh, service personnel going into that battlefield. Uh, I think at that point it'll go 80-20 against because people do not want to send their sons and daughters over to Ukraine to fight Vladimir Putin, especially when what we're doing, let's be honest, is all tied back to 2014 when the uh, Obama-Biden administration uh, went by half measures and let them take Crimea. He, they're not alone, though. George Bush let them take Georgia uh, back in 2008. So uh, for us to have to mop all this up and carry this load ourselves, I think, is, uh, is, is going to turn people against it, if, in fact, they want to uh, try to expand the war. Talking to Brett Winterbull here, crossing the streams with Bo and Beth on WBT. Now, uh, today is the five-year anniversary of the passing of the Reverend Billy Graham. We were talking about that last hour, and uh, here we have news in the last uh, a couple of days about hospice care now for former President Jimmy Carter, uh, who is uh, receiving that care in Plains, Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, uh, he's 98 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. We know what's imminent here. Uh, thoughts on uh, the former president? Look, Jimmy Carter has been an unbelievable post-presidency figure in the world. I mean, he's certainly been a voice for, for Christianity. He's been a voice for uh, for decency, uh, Habitat for Humanity, how can you possibly argue with that, uh, and, and monitoring elections around the world. I mean, 42 years as a post-president is a huge deal. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want him back in the presidency, e even in his prime, because I think his policies were totally wrong and inflation killed us. But uh, this is a man who has comported himself in the traditions that are now gone, because he's born in 1924. Uh, this is this is a man who, who remembers in his youth Franklin Delano Roosevelt um, and, and those people. So uh, I wish him uh, the best. I'm certainly going to be praying for him and his family and uh, a, a job well done, sir. All right. Uh, back at it today at three o'clock on WBT. What's coming up? Uh, Jeff Lord's going to come by. We'll talk about Ukraine and the speech in Poland. And then uh, I may be checking in with uh, Gordon Chang as we take a look at uh, what China's got cooking up here as a result of this uh, this battlefield. That and everything else that's breaking between now and then. We'll try to fix it if it's broken. <laughs> All right. Well, it's good to hear your voice. And we'll talk again. Uh, we'll talk later today. Enjoy the day. All right. There he is. Brett Winterbull, Bo and Beth here. Uh, we do still have a pair of Jason Aldean tickets up for grabs. I think somebody's going to get them in the next half hour. You think so? I, I mean, hope so. Right now we have a, a name on the board, a particular Jason that has yet to be identified. A guy came close a few minutes ago, but oh, he, he crossed his movies. He did. He was yeah. so close. All right. And uh, if you think you know the Jason to which this theme is most closely associated... Let us know. You got to win. You got to name two in a row, though. Okay. Name that Jason for Jason Aldean tickets continues after the news. <laughs> 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, it's back. The game show that's sweeping the nation. And trust me, it swept through the 7 o'clock hour. <laughs> I left for one hour. <laughs> I am telling you, nothing. all heck broke loose. It really did. 704-570-1110. You know the rules here. Name that Jason for Jason Aldean tickets. And uh, Aldean is coming to PNC Music Pavilion on Thursday, August 10th with special guests Mitchell Tenpenny and Corey Kent. And so what you have to do is uh, name two Jasons that we have here with uh, other last names. They may be from the world of politics, maybe from... Hollywood, maybe from sports, but we got uh, a strong list of Jasons here, and we have one on the board right now that has yet to be identified. Let's bring Michelle. You're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi, Michelle. Good morning, y'all. Hey, good morning. How you doing? Uh, good. Oh, my God. How are y'all doing? We're oh, good. we're so great. We're good. Okay, so we have a Jason on the board, and actually this Jason can't speak for himself, so uh, his mother is speaking for him. Here we go. Oh, my sweet Innocent Jason, my only child, Jason. You drowned. You never paid any attention. All right, Michelle, Michelle, who is that? Who is she talking about? Jason Voorhees. Yes. yes! Way to go. Well played, well played. Oh, so proud of you, Michelle. All right. I mean, y'all had me at the music, so. Yes. Yeah. Right? The ch- 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 <laughs> yeah. All right, here it comes, here it comes. Let it build before we go to the next one. I love okay. it. Oh, it's so creepy. All right, Michelle, you are halfway home to win Jason Aldean tickets. Are you ready for the next Jason? I am. All right, John Moore, I need number seven. This is Jason number seven on my list. We'll see if it's number one on Michelle's list. Here we go. It's so hard here. Brian, everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her, okay? Like, she got me this, okay? Because I would always leave my cereal boxes open, and the cereal would get stale. And so one day I came home, and she had this waiting for me, because it keeps my cereal fresh. And now I have the freshest cereal. Why don't you, you know what? Go, go on a vacation. Go to the Alps. But, Alps. Go to Stad. It's the best. I could go to Hawaii. Sarah was always talking about this place in Hawaii that was don't, supposed to be nice. Don't. I wouldn't go there. Don't. What? I can't go to Hawaii now because Sarah Marshall has heard of Hawaii. Then go to Hawaii. Go to Hawaii. Do it. Okay, Michelle. Who? Who is that, Jason? Jason Siegel. Yes. Yay! And we have a winner. Michelle, you are awesome. Congratulations. Woo! Y'all was wanting to hear a Jason Statham. Uh, <laughs> ah, well, that, that can be arranged. Just keep oh, on listening. Well. Keep on listening. Because this, con- this, this contest goes for two more days. We have a pair tomorrow and a pair on Thursday. But Michelle takes the pair for today. So wow. thank you. Michelle's going to wait on, uh, go online and talk to uh, our buddy Bernie over there and get all set up. I love how I skipped an hour and came back just to get the winner. Yeah, you're good luck for whoever By our the listeners way, are. Saving Sarah Marshall, one of my all-time favorite movies. Love I, that movie. It is a really funny movie. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of frontal nudity in that movie, though. No. Ooh, <laughs> no. Yeah. 
Yeah, the opening, near the opening scene. Yes, yeah. and yeah. it was alarming whenever I saw it in the movie theater. I was I was so surprised. I saw it on a small screen. <laughs> actually was going to get that clip last night. And, uh, and you saw I it. Had to roll through a little bit before I could. Yeah, because <laughs> you had to watch some of that and be like, what is happening? Uh, see, we started this uh, an hour ago, and uh, it was a really slow out of the gate. And then all of a sudden, the floodgates opened, and uh, people started lining up. I have uh, a, a, a lot more Jasons tomorrow. I can't wait. I can't wait because I know some of the Jasons on this list, and this is such a fun contest for our listeners. And I'm so excited for all the Jason Aldean fans out there. Still to come here on News Talk 1110 WBT. In fact, in our next segment, we're going to bring in uh, Aaron Santos. Yes. So um, coming up on March 7th, uh, I will be emceeing a morning in Paris at Carmel Country Club, and it's all to benefit the Isabella Santos Foundation. And Aaron Santos is Isabella Santos's mother and will be here to talk about not only the foundation, but the event itself and how you can still get tickets and participate and help raise money to uh, help young children fight rare pediatric cancers. It's a really remarkable organization that she has started in honor of her daughter, Isabella. And I'm honored, honored to be a part of it on, on March 7th. So uh, she's going to be in here for uh, the better part of this uh, coming hour. We have Brett Jensen, who's going to be here uh, starting at uh, 9 a.m., like he always is uh, on Tuesdays. And uh, also another chance for me to... Uh, Bring to your attention all you golfers out there enjoying Narrowway Productions for Narrowway on the Fairway coming up on March 20th. It's a charity tournament. will be a best ball scramble at the private Firethorn Country Club. Register your team today at narrowwaygolf.com. Corporate sponsorship still available as well. That's narrowwaygolf.com. Again, it's the Narrowway on the Fairway coming up on March 20th. Uh, Narrowway Productions. There are friends who uh, were part of the 100th anniversary celebration last year when uh, you remember Mark Garrison and the reenactments that we did mm -hmm. of uh, the moments in WBT history. That's thanks to our friends at Narrowway Productions. I've so. been to their theater. I don't know if, if, if you haven't been. It's really fun because you get dinner and you sit and watch a show. It's kind of it's kind of like a throwback. Will they talk like this for the entire golf tournament? <laughs> I hope so. That makes it way more fun. <laughs> Get to play golf with Grady Cole. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Crutchfield. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is Tuesday here in the Ty Boyd studio. Brett Jensen will be in the house in the 10 o'clock hour, as always, or rather the 9 o'clock hour. And I'm planning Vince's show for yeah. him. Yeah, we're just going to show up in Vince's show, too. <laughs> in the 9 o'clock hour. It's fine. Still recovering from the 7 o'clock hour. Sorry about that. I know. Uh, good to have everybody with us. And uh, actually, two weeks from today is a very special event that uh, our own Beth Troutman is going to be part of. And we have a guest in studio that very much is a part of this event as well. We are so thrilled to have you here. Erin Santos is joining us in the studio. Um, she's the founder of the Isabella Santos Foundation. The event is called A Morning in Paris. It's taking place on March 7th, 8th, and 9th. And Erin is here to tell us all about what we can expect. Thank you so much for coming in bright and early to, to be with us. No problem. No problem. My kids are off by 7 a.m., so I was just chilling anyway. Yeah. So you were ready to come in and <laughs> yeah. have adult conversations, That's right. right. That's right. Yes. Well, let's start out with, for, for folks who are listening, um, a lot of people around the Charlotte area know uh, all about the Isabella Santos Foundation. But for listeners who are tuning in for the first time, maybe, and don't know a lot about the work that you do and why you do it, let's mm -hmm. start there. Let's start with your story. Yeah. So... The Isabella Santos Foundation was created in honor of my daughter, Isabella, um, who was two at the time, diagnosed with a rare form of pediatric cancer called neuroblastoma. 
Um, back in 2007, uh, the survivor rate was around 40 percent. Levine Children's Hospital wasn't even Levine Children's Hospital. You were on the floor of the, of the main hospital. Um, and treatment options were just so limited. We ended up uh, going back and forth to Sloan Kettering in Manhattan to get the best treatment on and off for five years, um, but she ultimately passed away at the age of seven back in 2012. But during the time that she was alive, we created the Isabella Santos Foundation to raise money and awareness for neuroblastoma research, mm -hmm. really because it's what she wanted to do. I don't ever think she knew that she had cancer, but her friends did. So we kind of started having these events and races and blood drives and stuff like that. And she would go and speak on behalf of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Ronald McDonald House. This, this kid was incredible. Yeah. She was a PR dream for so many of those places. But, um, but we just kind of started this whole thing because it was something that she wanted to do. Um, and then it just kind of took off. And then after she passed away, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I got to get out of this life. Um, but it just kept, pulled me back in and kept going and going. And our first year, we raised $7,000. And this year, we'll raise $2.5 million. Wow. So, I know. I, I think one of the things that is so unique about the Isabella Santos Foundation is that it was something that Isabella wanted. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be so young and so aware of everyone else around her, everyone else's needs and thoughts, and just uh, effusively loving of other people, which is a remarkable quality for someone so young. Yeah, she was. I, they, they always say kids with cancer are like grown, like little adults because you know they're surrounded by doctors and nurses, and those are their friends, and and me and my friends. So she was just so grown up for you know four or five. She just mm -hmm. had such a big heart. But that's ultimately why we also ended up picking up other rare cancers, just because we everything we do is because what would what would she have done? Yeah. Um, and when you, after she passes away, uh, you, you start to see other families. And who's to say that Isabella's cancer was any worse than another one? So now we're at the point where we help 16 different rare cancers. Pretty much anything outside of leukemia or lymphoma, we help. So we're doing all these things at Levine. We've built a, a program for rare cancers. There isn't one in the country currently. So we've got kids from 24 different countries that are now coming to Charlotte uh, to receive the best treatment for rare cancers. It's just it's amazing to see this program we've developed. We're building world-class treatment rooms that we had to go to Philadelphia to receive. Mm. And it's really just five of us women just sitting around my dining room table working. It's not, I think everyone thinks we have this huge marketing budget and we have, you know, and I'm like, nope, it's just us. <laughs> so, um, but I think the community support is what, what drives us to. Oh, it's really remarkable. You know, uh, I, I've worked at the station for most of my professional life and I, uh, I've seen the, the listeners here uh, rallied around causes. Uh, Hope Stout, you know, mm -hmm. called in here. I was working the day that Keith Larson took that phone call uh, way back when. Uh, I, I do a lot of work with uh, Claire's Army and yes. Claire Ratliff and yeah. Emily and Kevin Ratliff. And, and uh, you know, I've gotten to know a, a lot about what Levine does and what families need at the hospital when this time comes. And, and uh, so much... You know, it, it's like uh, I'm, I'm not saying this from experience. I'm saying it from what I've heard from that, their stories, which is when uh, this happens to a family, uh, it's like deer in, it, deer in the headlights. You, you don't know quite what's going on. But what you do know is and what you remember is who helps you in those moments. And then uh, the legacy that goes forward is so much about uh, being there for other families that, you know, are in that time of need where they don't really know what they need. They're just in, in the shock mode of it all. Yeah. And I think that's why, um, you know, we love what we're doing, because at the time there wasn't an Isabella Santos Foundation out there, like bringing the best doctors, best trials, all that stuff. So we are we've become that person that I needed. Uh, mm -hmm. So not only, you know, the majority of our focus is definitely on finding a cure, because I think there's a lot of organizations out there that 
like Claire's Army that help take care of more family support stuff. But our focus really is about finding a cure, bringing the best trials here. So now that we built that program, they're now doing trials out of Levine's, which they've never done before. So it's just all these things. And it, it really didn't take that long to, to happen. Um, but we just wish, you know, there would have been more of that when we were around. So as you sit at the kitchen table, as you said, the five ladies who put all of this together, how do you plan out how to allocate the, the, the funding and where you want mm-hmm. um, your special attention to go? Is well, it just passion? Is it just I, I heard this this story and this is where I want to this to help. Right. So one of Isabella's doctors, um, Javier Osterheld, is, was her doctor at the time, but now is the head of the oncology department at Levine. So he and I, it took a long time to develop that relationship because you, you love and then you hate your oncologist of after course. something like that happens. But um, he's just a brilliant man. And after I was able to kind of get past the heartache of it and sit down and have lunch with him, um, we both realized that we both want the same things. So once you can get past the memory of what's all happened, um, we were able to kind of say, okay, pie in the sky, how do we make Charlotte the best destination? Because not everybody can go to New York City. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, how would you feel about committing $5 million to Levine's over five years and let's build everything from scratch? And at like a lunch, we signed it. So, um, you know, he comes to me and he knows what I want to do. You know, I'm like, don't come to me with some crazy idea that like I want something that delivers results right now and that's why I like when he brings me trials because I'm like okay if we give you this money when is it happening how many kids and like uh, you know I'm a little bit of a pest to him but you know I think I think that's why people like to give to us because they know we're not just a black hole of money if they give it to me and I do something in three months I'm like where does that stand what's going on with that like it's working just, for yeah. the people right 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 so um so it's really my relationship with him that's kind of driven everything well raising money uh, you need awareness to be able to do that and that's what we try to use the 50,000 watt radio yes. station that we have right now uh, in times like these uh, Aaron is going to be with us for the rest of this hour News Talk 1110-993-WBT and worldwide on the WBT mobile app. It is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. And in studio, very special guest this hour, Aaron Santos with the Isabella Santos Foundation. And we have a a big event coming up two weeks from today, which we'll talk more about here in a moment. But uh, as we were... uh, talking about how the the foundation was built and and the story of Isabella and everything uh, that goes along with that. You know, uh, I was mentioning some of the organizations that we've worked worked with here, but the thing to me that always sort of underlies everything is uh, there are a lot of people that can hear this radio station right now. We're, we're 100 years old. We turned 100 last year. And so there's a long-standing tradition of being able to not only support organizations, but, you know, I- extend awareness. I think... Uh, Almost anybody that you would see around town has probably heard of the Isabella Santos Foundation. But how many of those people actually know what that really means, what you all do? You have this event coming up, what events have been in the past. And this is another opportunity where we can use a radio station like this, not to necessarily introduce somebody to it, but to make sure they know what they need to know about it and all there is going on, Uh, Aaron. And and I know that, that that's something you all, you have great awareness with what you've built, but I think sometimes that uh, people just sort of, yeah, I know what that is. Well, do you really know what that is right. and what you do? Yeah. No, I think, um, like I said, I think we have great awareness in, in town. Um, but when we start to, you know, you sit down with somebody and you say, this is the, these are the types of things that we do. They're like, are you serious? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, 
Like we do. Yeah, I'm serious. Know, bring, yeah, we brought the best doctors to Charlotte. Um, they're now doing trials out of Levine that they've never used to do. Um, but we also do some of the, you know, we, we kind of say that we're a 360 degree view of kids with cancer. You know, we had so many people that took on our family when we were going through things. Um, so a couple weeks ago, there's a local family. Um, their names are the Scullies. They live in Waxhaw. They have six children, um, a set of triplet girls. Let's wow. pause on that. Yes. Mm. Um, a set of twin girls. Um, the triplets are six. The, the twins are nine. And an 11-year-old boy. And two of their kids have cancer. Oh, um, that's So we met this family um, and decided to take them out for a day. We took them to, like, a local boutique and did a whole fashion day with the girls, got them all American Girl dolls and catered to the boy and stuff like that. And, and I mean, the parents were just like, this is so amazing. We actually were able to forget that we had cancer for a day. So, yes, we bring the top doctors. Yes, we do trials and all that stuff. But those are the other little things that we do yeah. that we don't talk about. Um, because I think people should just do things just because. Um, but so many people did that for us. So that's why we try to do all those types of things. So not only are we trying to save them, um, but make treatments better, but we're also trying to make every single day better, too. Which is such an incredible effort. And those are the things that those families will remember um, day in and day out. The people who show up right, and, right. and try to help. For this uh, event that's happening, it's March 7th, 8th, and 9th. Talk to us about the morning in Paris. There are tickets still available. People can get up, get dressed, get out, have a good time, but also support all of the work that you're doing to help so many families. Yes. So March 7th, 8th, and 9th at Carmel Country Club. Uh, the event starts at 9 and runs through around 11 or 11.30. Um, Beth Troutman's going to be there on the 8th. Paige Failing's going to be there on the 7th and 9th to help us emcee. Um, but you know, we, we want people to come out and have a fun day. So we don't want everybody to come out and just cry their oh, eyes out. Oh, you shouldn't have chosen Beth. <laughs> I mean, what is going on here? <laughs> um, so we want to, like, have you come out with your girlfriend. So, you know, there's tables of tens. We invite people. Invite your whole neighborhood. Invite your mom's group. As soon as you guys drop off the kids at preschool, you guys all come. Um, there's mimosas. We have a partnership with Vouve, so I mean, everybody loves that. Um, all this French food, we're going to have fashion food, fragrance raffles, all this kind of stuff. So there's going to be a fun morning, but we also want to introduce you a little bit to ISF. We're going to introduce you to that Scully family, family so you guys can start to see what ISF does. So not just say, oh, yeah, I've heard of you, but now we want everyone to leave and really know, kind of like what Bo said, what we actually do. Well, and the great thing about it is because it's a, a morning of event and it's fun and breakfast it's really the tickets are affordable if people mm -hmm. want to bring 10 girlfriends out it's something that people can do while supporting the cause and it's 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 accessible to everyone right we always feel like people leave and they're like oh my god i had such a great time with my girlfriends and mm -hmm. i was able to make a huge impact so we just love the the impact that women have made in this community of course men can come too Bo, you're welcome to come um but come in your favorite beret <laughs> your favorite right. parisian fashion what, what time does it start it's it starts right as the show ends so you can just like run right over yeah, what you know I can also do is maybe we can check in with you that day, just sort of uh, talk about what's happening as we get closer to it and kind of give people a feel of what's going on. Yeah, yeah I could do a know. little live broadcast because yes. I'm going to leave the show early to head over there to help you guys out. So we'll do a little live broadcast from the uh, from the, from the the show on the on yeah. the 8th. We would love that. And and even to love, have you guys talk about it that day because um, that Friday will actually what, what would have been my daughter's 18th birthday. So it's a it's a 
memorable week for us anyway. So, and we know not everybody can come, but you can also come out and support. You can go to IsabellaSantosFoundation.com and make a donation. Um, just to, if you can't they, be there to support the event, but in honor of Isabella on her 18th birthday. Wow, 18th birthday. And you can yeah. also buy tickets at Isabella Santos Foundation. You can. If you go to IsabellaSantosFoundation.com and click events, you'll see a morning in Paris, and you can buy tickets for the 7th or 8th. Um, if either of those days don't work for you, you can also reach out to us about finding some availability on the 9th. But the 9th is pretty full, so the 7th and 8th, we want every, all of your listeners to just flood to those days. And come out. I, I'll be there the 8th. You can yes. come out and hug me. Absolutely. I'm going to hug everybody who comes. <laughs> Aaron Santos is with us. He's going to be with us to the top of the hour here talking about uh, the Isabella Santos Foundation and the event that is two weeks from today. Hey, WBT. Invite you to join the Isabella Santos Foundation for a morning of Parisian fashion, flowers, food, and family to benefit pediatric cancer. It's two weeks from today at Carmel Country Club. Our very own Beth Troutman is going to be one of the MCs for the uh, several days, and I'm very excited about that. She'll be there that morning, and proceeds from the breakfast event will impact a global pediatric cancer program at Levine Children's, bringing new treatments and hope to kids fighting rare cancers. You can purchase your tickets right now at IsabellaSantosFoundation.org. That's IsabellaSantosFoundation.org. But don't just take it from me or Beth. Take it from the founder of ISF. She is Erin Santos, who's joining us in studio this morning. Thanks again for being here. Yeah, thank you. That was so good. Well, you know, I I, <laughs> I just I just follow uh, what, what I, I watch what Beth does, and then oh. I copy that. Um, we were talking off the break, and I think this is important. And by the way, you know, so many great uh, people are working to put this together. And I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, two of my favorite people, Ron Weatherly, uh, Dry Pro is very much a part of this. Ram Pavement, my buddy, my buddy Rob Miller went to high school with Rob, and uh, Rob's a great guy. Ram Pavement, Dry Pro, and we were talking off the air. I think um, these are the kinds of stories that need to be told. Yeah. When we talk about what is what does uh, ISF do and what has it done and and, and how are you uh, you know taking your daughter's legacy and, and, and helping other families, you were telling us a story about uh, one of the rooms at Levine uh, that was built uh, in, in part by uh, ISF and and. I had no idea. This is the kind of stuff that people don't know that they need to know because this is where your money, this is where your support is going and what it's doing. Right. So uh, back in, I guess, 2011, when Isabella had one of her relapses, they suggested that we get something called MIBG therapy. Um, and one of the only places you could get it at the time was in Philadelphia at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. So um, we went up there, and I know this sounds like a crazy story, but what they do is they put you in a room um, with a lead shield and the parents sleep on the other side of the lead shield. And what they do is they put liquid radiation into your kid and the liquid radi radiation attaches to the neuroblastoma cells and kills them. It, it was unbelievable how effective it was. Mm -hmm. But because Isabella was radioactive, the staff doesn't come in. Um, the parent is responsible for taking care of the kid's needs. So I just had a little clicker on that showed how much radioactivity I was getting by being in the room with her. So you keep trying to step out, but at the time she was four or five. So you're back in, back out, back in, back out. The treatment room was not great. You know, the, the, at the time it was like DVDs. The TV didn't work. You're in there for five days. It was, it was brutal. So when we talked about things we want to do here in Charlotte, I said, would you be interested in having us build a room here? Um, and Levine was like, of course, absolutely, but it's a million dollars. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And they're like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so they traveled all around the U.S. and visited a couple of other MIBG therapy rooms. Um, 
and and kind of pulled in all the best practices. We built a room here, but the thing for us was we wanted to make it safer for the kid. Well, first of all, we wanted the experience for the kid to be great because when mm -hmm. the kid is by themselves for five days, I know that doesn't seem like a long time, but when you have a three, four, five-year-old kid, it's a really, really long time. So we outfitted the room for the child to be the best room on the 11th floor. So even when it's not being used, they say that kids fight to figure out who gets to be in that room because it's amazing. But then what we did was we built a parent suite off the side of it so that the parents could be in the other room, have a video camera on their child, oh. um, have a glass, lead-lined glass. The, the, the glass wall is like 12 inches thick. It's absolutely ridiculous. But to keep the parents safe, because I think of how much I was exposed, um, not only my daughter, but so we, we built that room. And the great thing is there's a video camera, so even the, the doctors, the nurses, they can constantly watch the child, mm -hmm. and, and people just aren't being exposed all the time. So that's just one of the things that we built here. So now kids from all over the U.S. are coming here to Charlotte, and now other hospitals are coming here because now we have the best room um, to figure out how they can build it in their state. So there's only like 20 of them in the U.S., and we built one here in Charlotte, and it's state-of-the-art. And you built this through your right. foundation. And I want to reiterate something about the, the story of your foundation. This is just a group of determined women who came together and said, all right, this is what we're going to do, and this is how much money we're going to raise, and then you take that money, and because of just the person that you are, you make sure that those dollars are spent to help these families effectively in so many ways. And you alone, through your foundation and this, this small group of women, have changed cancer treatment for children in the Charlotte area and globally because people from all over the world are coming here because of the work that you have done. Oh, thank you. That's well, huge. I mean, I yeah. want to, to tell the story of yeah. how, how powerful women supporting women coming together to literally change the world for so many people. Yeah, and I think that's why we do so well because when you're sitting around as a group of moms, everybody's like, I would want someone to do this if this were my kid. Yeah. So that's when we host these events. Women are just like, yes, absolutely. I'll, um, I'm happy to support. I can't believe that this is your kid and this is what you're doing. If it were mine, someone has to do it for me. Um, and I think that's why the women that I have sitting around the table are so passionate about it because, well, also, you know, we also get to go in the hospital and see these families. Sure. Um, you know, we unfortunately have to attend, you know, children's funerals, as have you. Mm -hmm. um, and that rocks you to the core. So mm -hmm. I think that just there's just this passion and empathy for that situation. And I just think that that's why women, um, we've just absolutely just been killing it. Well, and people can help you raise money to keep doing the work that you're doing by being part of this event on March 7th, 8th, and 9th. Again, I want you to tell people how they can get tickets. They can come out and have a wonderful day with their girlfriends. They can bring their husbands. Guys are invited, too. And yes. if they can't make it to the event, they can also donate to this incredible cause. Tell them how. Yes, you can go to IsabellaSantosFoundation.com. Click events. There's morning in Paris. Tickets are going to be available through Sunday. Um, and we definitely encourage you, like, bring a group of friends and make this not just so much about the charity, but come out and have a good time with your friends. Drink mimosas. A, that's right. Come out, drink mimosas. Um, um, but also just just if you can just keep an open mind and just listen to a little bit about what we do, I think it would surprise everybody to know what's going on in your community right here in your backyard that you might not even know is happening. Aaron Santos, uh, it's been great to talk to you this oh, hour. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, between now and then, uh, anything that you think of that you want to get out over the over the airwaves, uh, you, you know how to get in touch with us. And we'll uh, we'll look forward to the event and keep trying to uh, drive people there. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I can't wait to be there with you Yay, on the Hey, me too. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> IsabellaSantosFoundation.org. Brett Jensen will take us home. Nine o'clock hour with Bo and Beth here on WBT. Come 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Tuesday morning, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, thank you so much to Aaron Santos for joining us last hour, uh, getting the word out about ISF, the Isabella Santos Foundation, and the event coming up two weeks from today at Carmel Country Club. If you want more details on that, IsabellaSantosFoundation.org. And Beth's going to be emceeing that morning. So I will. Great uh, addition to what's going on there. And uh, in studio now is our good buddy, uh, Brett Jensen, on a Tuesday. How you doing, my friend? Pretty good. Pretty good. You guys doing all right? We're doing well. We're doing well. We've been talking this morning about a lot of things. But uh, in particular, uh, early on, I was talking about a day that I'll never forget because today is actually the five-year anniversary of uh, me sitting in this room when this happened. And we have breaking news at 826. If you've just joined us within the last five minutes, we've learned that evangelist Billy Graham has died at the age of 99. So almost five years to the T, to the, to the hour there, when um, Billy Graham passed away at the age of 99. And uh, I can't believe it's been five years. I mean, really, 28 is... If you would have asked me how long it's been, I don't know that I would have said five years. I know. It feels, it feels like it's only been a, a couple of years. But I, I think with the, the pandemic changed everyone's perception of time. To me, it still feels like it's 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. I don't know how it became 2023. I don't know where all of the years went. But we got to talking earlier in the show, and I wanted to uh, continue this conversation at least to a degree with Brett. <laughs> Uh, because Brett obviously has his show uh, at 7 o'clock every weeknight, and Brett, uh, breaking Brett Jensen. I mean, you're, you're following stories all the time. But uh, this is easily, since I've been on the air, I started in 2012 in this particular role, uh, it's the biggest story uh, that has ever broken while I've been on the air. Biggest story that I've ever covered uh, in this seat. And it's one of those stories that I knew was coming because he was in his mid-90s when when I, I started in 2012, and, and anybody, uh, and not just locally, but of course hyper-local because of Charlotte and the Billy Graham Library and his connections here to North Carolina, uh, all of us here uh, over the last decade knew that the story was coming, and you know newsrooms were preparing, and you didn't know quite when, but I remember very vividly, um, uh, shortly after I took over, uh, one, one holiday season, there's a reporter in town that happened to see Franklin Graham leaving Charlotte Douglas Air- Airport and stuck a microphone in his face as he was getting into the car and said, how's your father doing? And uh, the response was, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he essentially said, my father is ready to be with the Lord. Uh, and in retrospect, what he was saying was, my father has made peace. He's He's if, if tomorrow is the day, then he's ready. He's ready to be with God. And some reporters took that to mean Billy Graham is on his deathbed and, and his death is imminent. Uh, in reality, he lived for several more years. But all of us uh, during that period of time knew that uh, this story, because of his uh, his age, was, was going to happen. And when it did happen, was going to be just a global story, and it was. And so five years ago today, there was in the middle of the regular show, and um, in the span of about five minutes, we went from that regular show yeah. to really what lasted for the uh, better part of the next two weeks and culminated with a seven-hour broadcast that we did uh, from the Billy Graham Rot- Library when we broadcast uh, the funeral and everything that led up to that. And of course, mm-hmm. President Trump was here that day and a lot of uh, dignitaries. So I think about uh, February 21st of 2018 a lot, 
And uh, I was asking Beth the question earlier, uh, is there a story when you were in uh, you know, all the things you've done? You've been on television, you've been on radio now, and you've spent a, a career in media. Is there that story that you think of that's the biggest one that ever happened while you were doing your thing? I think uh, the one that sticks out in my mind uh, was April 16th of 2007, and it was the Virginia Tech shooting. I was uh, the host of a morning show over at WCCB. It was called Fox News Rising at the time. And um, the the thing that was um, that that I remember about it, of course, was the just the the violence of that particular morning. But I happened to have that day off. Um, it was a pre-planned day off, so there there was someone filling in for me. But I was watching the show as I was getting ready to go out about my day, um, and so I remember watching that story break on my show, and I wasn't there to. Um, to talk about it. And I felt my heart broke for the woman who was filling in for me because she was then forced into this situation to, to talk about, well, you know, live breaking news is a difficult thing to do to begin with. But when it's live breaking news with such tragic stories, with such violence and such a, such a heartbreaking scenario that, that is, is triply um, difficult because it's uh, it's hard to contain your own human emotions and your own uh, you know reactions as you as you go through learning everything. And when you're on TV, you're learning all of that information as everyone else learns it as well. You're 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 giving that information as you learn it live. And it was that was a really 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 tough day. But I know Brett, you've been in media for longer than both of us. I'm sure that you have. <laughs> that was not a blow. That was just <laughs> that's just meaning that you are very successful, my friend. Tell us about the old days. Tell us about the good old days, Grandpa. Well, so Morse code was this thing. It, <laughs> it had just come out. Mm-hmm. SOS. So, yeah. So we're, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you broke the story that Morse code was a thing. Yeah. Well, I, I interviewed Morse. Yeah. So it was a good thing. Morse. Um, Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different kind of code. Yeah, that's right. M O R R I S. That's right. <laughs> Completely different. Um, there were, I mean, there. Were, I mean, there were the sports things that happened, like the Virginia Tech thing. I had Clemson had just played at Virginia Tech like the week before on a Thursday night, and I was up at Blacksburg. I remember sitting down at Clemson um, in an establishment watch. Then all of a sudden, that came across, you know, or that morning it came across. Was eating bre- or breakfast or lunch, whatever I was. It doing. was breakfast. It yeah. started at around like seven a.m. Yeah. It was really early. So, but no, I mean, there's been a lot of big things that I've covered. A lot of it sports-wise and stuff like that. Obviously, I mean, I remember one of the last things I did for Fox Sports was I had to go cover. Um, it was I was their live on-air reporter for all Fox Sports networks, and I'd never done live TV reporting before. I mean, I wasn't nervous. I just had never done it was when Cam Newton flipped his car. Oh. And I was stationed at the hospital for Fox Sports, FS1, Fox Sports, all the above, um, for probably a good eight hours. And um, and I remember it was uh, it was like a the very first moment I got there, and this won't take but 30 seconds, but the very first moment I got there, I get to the uh, atrium ER, and because that's where all the media is starting to congregate. And nobody knows how serious it is because this car is upside down. And so I walk in, and the security guard said, yeah. I said, where, you know, into the ER. I said, I said, hey, where are you taking all the media? Like, where, where do we go for this Cam Newton thing? And they go, the security guard goes, follow me. <gasps> and he 
mistakenly puts me in the room with all the Panther execs. So it's Brett Jensen, the lone media guy, and all the Panther executives. <laughs> and Calvin wow. Benjamin Calvin Benjamin walks in, and a couple other people walk in, a couple other Panther people. And then all of a sudden I see one Panther exec text, and then another Panther exec picks up their phone, reads it. The one that got the text leaves the door, leaves the room, little tiny waiting room, comes back with a security guard. And the security guard goes, yeah, man, you got to leave. You can't be in here. I was like, you're uh, the one who put me here. Me Not here. my fault. <laughs> and so um, so then I was in there and then, you know, then did the live stand-ups uh, with Fox Sports FS1 for two straight days. I always love it when uh, you're just about to go on the air and then Beth says to Jensen, did you hear about when I was making fun of you on the Brett Winterbull show? I was going to, and I said, you got to be more specific than that. Well, actually, yes, you do, because I don't know what you're about to say. At least I don't think I do. No, you know, we do the crossing of the streams um, with uh, Brett Winterbull every day. And I, 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 I call in and, and chat with Brett on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on Thursday of last week, um, the, the segment started. Brett Winterbull was talking about you. And then he started talking about jean shorts. And I was like, jean shorts and half tops. I was like, yeah, that's that's Brett Jensen's, um, you know, going out wardrobe. I just and, moved here from Florida. Exactly. I was like with his, you know, knee socks and sandals. And um, <laughs> but then just to just to show you how much I do pay attention attention to you and how well I know you, Brett Jensen. I said, that's actually a complete lie. Um, he is quite sartorial because you are a fashion person. You do dress well. And I, I like the fact that you are very willing to wear pastels. Well, I've never owned a <laughs> pair of jean shorts. So I know, you. I know. But it's just so fun. Because and of course, Winterbull is going to jump in and start immediately blasting me about something. Exactly. And we're buds, you know, you and I go shopping together and stuff. So I can totally like make fun of you. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, you were making fun of me before we went shopping. So, yeah, you know. Well, you know, I kid because I love. Yeah, now you're like me. You don't need a reason. Right. You don't need a reason to it's make fun. It's because to know Brett Jensen is to make fun of Brett Jensen. It's great. There's a lot of that going on, I promise I you. I know. It's so easy. <laughs> Boy, I got to tell you, one of our, uh, you know, we, I get a lot of, we got a lot of feedback on, on segments, various segments that we do. Uh, the one last week with uh, your dating tips. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, boy! Uh, not only feedback from listeners, but you should have, you should have heard the um, the peanut gallery comments from I don't know Mark Garrison maybe yeah uh, he, mm. he he enjoyed that segment yeah he did. So you guys asked me if I'd ever been out on a date, first date on Valentine's Day. Two days later, I'm in contact with that person, and they're like. Oh my gosh, like, of course I didn't say the person's name, but obviously the person knew and word had gotten back. And next thing you know, I was like, oh, you know, just, just a quick reconnect because I hadn't spoken to that person in four years. It must have been a bad date. No, it was a great date. <laughs> no, it was because this happened in 2010, you know, and we were and still this, friends. this woman reached out? Just said, hey, um, I heard da 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 through the grapevine. Yeah. That you were talking about me? The first date and all that. Yeah, and she she knew that it was you. Because it's the only and one. And it was her. Yeah, because it's literally the only time I went on a first date. I can't remember. It was a first date on Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. And so, so wait, she remembers. Yeah. When was the last time you had heard from her before this? Was it the 20, date itself? No, it was like March March 2018. Wow. March That's 2018. sweet. And so, so she remembered you fondly. Yeah, March 2018. No, I take that back. I take that back. The last, well, that was the last time I saw her in person. It was like for like a lunch. Um, the last time I had actually spoken to her was 
when Clemson won its first national championship, and I was down in Clemson, mm-hmm. and she had graduated from Clemson, and she's a big Clemson fan, and she saw my tweets and stuff on Facebook, and she sent me a text oh, message. Oh, she's still stuck in you online. Nah, she's still got nah. a crush on the Jensen. Well, that was my question was, so did this rekindle anything? Yeah. No, because I think her husband and her three kids might get in the way. Uh, okay, well, okay. well that changes everything. <laughs> Important context. No, yeah, no, there, no, there no, needed no, to no. be more con- That context <laughs> needed to come sooner, Brett Jensen. No, no, it was, but it was just, no, we just, we just remained friends like like we'll go four years and we'll randomly run into each other or or something or, or something happens <laughs> or and I'll something. Say, I like I'll send her a text message if I see something on Facebook I'll say oh by the way congrats or whatever so like but no it's um so but yes that was uh so there, apparently there was a lot of feedback last week you were giving uh tips to people out there on mm-hmm. Valentine's Day last right. week and the very first tip you gave involved food that's right right you want to yep. what was that what was that number one the food, well, the thing was because guys don't put in a lot of effort into it. Like that night at when I got off the show, I did the show that night, my mm-hmm. show, and then I'm, I had to stop my teeter to actually get, like, pick up some stuff teeter. and uh, the Taj teeter. And then um, there were literally guys there buying flowers at 830 at night on their way home. I was in the teeter, too, and I saw the same thing because mm-hmm. I, 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 got, I got a little chuckle out of it because I actually did think of you because there were – Probably six guys in line in front of me in the self checkout, mm-hmm. all with boxes of candy and mm-hmm. all with little little things of uh, of flowers. Right, and so the the thing was, instead of doing that, just you should know your wife, fiance, or girlfriend's favorite restaurant and favorite meal, and just go by and get that to go, and say, "Honey, don't worry about the dinner. I got it." Now, you know, maybe eight thirty is too late to eat at night, and the people were working late, but even so, you could still have that. And so I just. Uh, so that's the thing. I mean, it's easy and just pick up, you know, get her favorite meal to go from her favorite restaurant and you're good to go. It's better than flowers and crappy candy. When we come back, I'll read you the text that I got from the WBT news director Uh-oh. in response to rule number one. Yeah, I know uh-huh. what that is. Uh-huh. Uh, we're all, all going to know what that is in a minute. Hey, golfers, join Narrowway Productions for Narrowway on the Fairway. Coming up March 20th, this charity tournament will be a best ball scramble at the private Firethorn Country Club. Register your team today at narrowwaygolf.com. Corporate sponsorships still available as well. That's narrowwaygolf.com. I was thinking about you yesterday, 5 o'clock hour. We were watching uh, breaking developments out of an area of the world that you frequented or I said frequented is the wrong word you actually uh, visited that's the word I want because uh, that was uh, I mean you haven't been there that many times but this was last summer and I thought about you because yesterday you knew exactly where the president was it was one year ago this week that we spoke on the telephone Mr. President it was very late at night in Washington very early in the morning here in Kiev Russian planes were in the air and tanks were rolling across your border you told me that you could hear the explosions in the background. I'll never forget that. And the world was about to change. I remember it vividly. So I thought about you for a number of reasons. Uh, You traveled there last summer, but when he was talking about they made the decision to uh, board the train and the 10-hour train ride, Mm. you were talking to us last year about Mm. how you had to get from point A to point B when you decided to go to the capital city. So uh, you know better than most what it entailed for them logistically to pull this off. Yeah, it was a nightmare. And I I remember, like, talking to you guys 
when I was Lviv, I'd just gone through the, uh, I'd just gotten on my second bus through Poland, and I'd already been on the bus, God, 12, 13 hours at that point, and uh, was doing my first live discussion with you guys, describing what I was seeing when we were going through the streets of Lviv, and it was, what, a 21, 22-hour bus ride um, from Krakow, Poland, into Kiev, and then, because so much time of it was spent at the border, just trying to get through, and then the train ride out from Kiev to Warsaw, I want to say, took, what, 18 hours, 19 hours, 18 hours? And it was hot as blazes, and there wasn't any air conditioning, and it was just brutal, but it was still better than that damn bus, because at least I could lay in my little cot. Mm. And so... I love that you just said it. You know, and but... but you know, but the, the mattress was vinyl or, I'm sorry, pleather. You know, the old, you know, the 70s and 80s cars. That's what it was like. And so they gave you some little flimsy seats so you wouldn't s stick to the bed itself, the mattress itself, because it was vinyl and it was hot. It was like in the 90s. So, but yeah, that's, um, that was a, that was a, I just remember getting in, finally getting in, when I got into Warsaw, I remember getting off the, that second train, which I didn't have a seat for the last three hours of the train ride because they messed up on the ticket, and I had to stand for the last three hours of the train ride. And I stood, you know, where between the cars connect, um, that little walkway, if you've ever been, like, in a subway or something like that. I stood there for three hours and sitting, trying to sit on my luggage and sat on the floor, and I was near the bathroom, and it was just brutal. And I just remember when we got into Warsaw at, like, 6 o'clock at night, thinking to myself, the hell am I like what is going on like why why am I doing this why did I put myself through this mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were you know wondering as you did the reports with us you know you were on vacation this was your time off and you were doing reports from a, a literal war zone but to have your perspective especially now knowing that the president of the United States made a 10-hour train trek I mean of course I'm sure it was a little more comfortable than your bus and, and about half the time right <laughs> right well, but I, you get a sense yeah. of what that journey, what the logistics of planning that journey meant. Because and who, you can't fly. Well, and they had to do every bit of this in secrecy. Yep. You know, and the other thing is, is that, you know, I still go back. I don't regret it because I thought it was a great thing to do with the whole, um, you know, part of the Franklin Graham situation. And we were, we were talking about Billy Graham earlier, being able to meet the heads of Samaritan's, the, the actual, the main guy of Samaritan's Purse and being able to sit in a hotel lobby for an hour and talk to him and interview him about everything, how all these bulletproof vests started with the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office, 30 of them, and how they had, went through Boone and Wataga and made their trek all the way over there. And I just thought that was really cool, and I thought that was a story worth telling between McFadden and Samaritan's Purse, which is right here in Charlotte slash Wataga and Boone, to, to over there in Kiev where I happened to be. So I just thought it was a good story to tell. Well, and I kept thinking yesterday as they were talking about the circumstances of President Biden deciding to do this, one of the things that you've done a great job over the last year uh, on your show, on this show, and in conversations uh, when you were there and with people that you met there, I mean, I thought of Yulia, uh, your friend, who was explaining to us what it was like that in just the days after yeah. uh, the attacks first happened, you know, Friday is the year anniversary. Yep. And uh, I was saying on this show yesterday that I couldn't believe— um, that if we had said one year ago, given what, what the scene was there, and even what you were told this summer when you went there, that the president of the United States would be on the ground uh, in the state capitol there one year later, a lot of people would have said, you're crazy. 
Um, but there he was. And, and you know, we, we saw a little bit of a not a, a calming down is the wrong word. I mean, obviously, there weren't uh, um, it, it wasn't a, a, a daily war torn area when you were going through there. But there was still the daily threat. And you talked about uh, the uh, the sirens going off and things that you had to do. Uh, while you were there. So, I mean, President Biden going there yesterday, It's this is not like a walk in the park. No, it's not. And, you know, and like, yeah, I mean, the war was still going on, but it was in the east and in the south and Crimea and the Donbass area. And, you know, and you can still see where all the shells were, you know, and having gone to some of the towns, paying that Uber driver $60 to spend like eight hours with me to take me to all these war-torn places, places that had just been demolished. Um, it, it was it was It was truly interesting. And, you know, um, it's a speak, speak. human experience no, that's absolutely. beyond what we can imagine in a, a country where we pretty much feel safe day in, day oh, out. Right. And so and Bo, you mentioned about Friday being the one year anniversary, February 24th. And a kid that I met 15 minutes before going on your show, my first full day in Kiev, his name's Alex, and he's been on this show a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have a nice long interview with him. You know, he's, you know, he's 20 years old now, and here he is one full year. He's been trying to go to school full time while all this is going on. He's had to move two or three different times because of no electricity, no water, because Putin's going after the infrastructure. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have him on my show on Friday night. Oh, Oh, wow. Wow. News Talk 1110 WBT, 10 before 10 o'clock here on The Great Colossus, talking to Brett Jensen, host of Breaking with Brett Jensen every weeknight. Seven o'clock Friday night on your show, uh, you broke some news and we're talking uh, about a story that some people heading into the weekend may not have heard. I want to bring some attention to this because uh, there were some, some significant developments on the Jane Doe case as it relates to Myers Park High School. And uh, real quick here, I don't have time to play all of this, but I'm going to play a clip. Talking with Laura Dunn, the attorney for the plaintiff in the Jane Doe case, the former Myers Park High School student that sued CMS and the city of Charlotte for violating her Title IX rights, and the appeals have been filed in federal court by the plaintiff and her lawyers. So, Laura, what specifically are you guys trying to appeal on? What specifically are you looking at for the grounds of appeal? So there's a few components to our, our appeal plan. Um, as we put forward in the notice, the, the first things that really ended up kind of leading this case where it did uh, with the final verdict. It was dismissing Bradley Leak, the school resource officer assigned to Myers Park High School and Assistant Principal Anthony Perkins from being defendants. The court ruled during summary judgment that because they were public officials, they were entitled to a level of immunity as a defense against our claims, which were of negligence, negligent affliction of emotional distress, um, violation of equal protection rights guaranteed by the Constitution, and most important in my mind, common law obstruction of justice. Uh, we put forward evidence that both these officials knew um, that Jane Doe was found covered in semen, disheveled, muddy, um, clearly looking like she had been attacked, broken glasses, and yet they put in their reports her hair was clean, her clothes were clean, that she looked perfect. So we argued that they obstructed justice, they intentionally missed led um, officials at the school. So a uh, big story and uh, not unexpected, though, because you uh, said this from the get go, that this was going to be appealed. Uh, it was not a matter of if it was a matter of when. And the win ended up being late Friday. And so uh, you'll obviously be uh, talking about this tonight. You, you didn't have a show last night because of uh, uh, the Tar Heel coaches show, correct? 
Yeah, I did not have a show last night. So uh, you had not been back on the air since this uh, was breaking, heading into the weekend. And and sometimes, as we know, when things get released a late Friday afternoon, a lot of people have started their weekend plans and, and may have missed this. So you'll be uh, back covering this tonight as you have uh, since the beginning. Yeah, you know, and that was the thing. You know, I had a, had a nice, long conversation with Laura Dunn. She's the attorney up in D.C. for Jane Doe. And, you know, it, you know, this was, I don't know, a good... 20, 30 minute conversation, and um, I played eight minutes of it and of the of our interview of our conversation, and it was it was uh, very telling. There were like she actually like told me things that I had no idea. Like and you know, and I went to that trial every single day, and then she's telling me things behind it. I was like, I honestly had no idea. Truly had no idea about you know you know the destruction of evidence yeah. and being proven that there was destruction of evidence on purpose and. I had no idea. And she goes, well, the reason you didn't know is because the judge said we couldn't use that they had destroyed evidence. <laughs> and she, So these are a lot of the things that they're appealing. She goes, think it would have made our case a little bit better if we're finding out why you're destroying evidence. And so, yeah. But, but people forget. Don't forget. They found in favor of the young lady on everything except for the fact that CMS did it on purpose because that's that was the whole thing. Like, the violation of our Title IX rights at, were all centered around, yes, CMS did this, this, this. They were completely wrong, completely, you know, completely at fault, negligent and everything, but they didn't do it on purpose. And that was the thing where— And that was the headline. That actually. was the headline, yeah. yeah. And so—but she's like, no, we've got all this evidence. The judge will let us use it. It shows that it was on purpose. They've, she she told me, we've got the smoking gun. And I went, he wouldn't let us use it. Hence, we're appealing. Okay. I wonder in in some of those cases if the you know however the appeal ends up going, are there are there any kinds of um, repercussions that come back to that the the judge in that particular case? I know that in North Carolina we have a judicial standards commission that the governor appoints. Well, that's a great question, and because I almost I asked that very question, and so that's how I know it's a great question, and so. <laughs> He literally just said those words out loud. I asked the same question. Therefore, I know it's great. Uh, uh, but I did. I truly did ask that same question. And she, here's what she explained to me. She said it will go through a three-panel judge, federal court appeals, federal court of appeals, Fourth Circuit up in Richmond, Virginia. They will make their arguments and everything. And if it's the appeal is granted for many different reasons that they, they can appeal on, it will immediately come back to the same courthouse within a couple of months, and she said there's a very good chance it'll be the exact same judge, and she said that is almost worse for the judge because it's like being scolded by your parents going, you did this so wrong, do it again. Uh-huh. And they said within his peers, it's like the scarlet letter. It's the letter of shame, and that's why judges don't want to have to hear the same same thing twice. And she said that's a very distinct possibility. She goes, the community won't mean much, but among his peers, it will be the, the letter of shame. So uh, several things to watch today as we get closer to uh, Brett's show at 7 o'clock tonight. We've got uh, President Biden making remarks at 1130. Uh, right now, as I speak, uh, Buster Murdoch, the surviving son of a... Uh, of Alec Murdoch is testifying in the murder trial in Walterboro, South Carolina. You also have Frank Reich, who is going to be holding a news conference with his new coaching staff about at, an hour. at the stadium at the, at the hour. So by the time yeah. you get on Big the air tonight, a lot, lot going on. Let me ask you guys a question, because I 
know very little about this case other than what I've been getting from Matt Harris. Uh, his son, the one who's testifying now, is he for or against his father? Right now he's testifying for the defense because yeah. it, the, it's, uh, it's the defense's turn at this point. Yeah, this is their first uh, witness out of the gate. So uh, Wow, first witness out of the gate. So, like, you guys are telling me something I know nothing about. And that's that's pretty impressive. If that's your first witness out of the gate, that says a lot. Well, let me tell you what I know here as we uh, head out towards 10 o'clock. Uh, I know that the Brett Winterbull show is going to be great, but I know the Brett Jensen show is going to be great as well. In fact, the Brett Jensen show may be the best show on the station today. You know why I know that? Why is that? Because you were a guest first on this show. Uh, that's generally how it well works played, out. That's generally how it works out. Yeah, yeah. We're a springboard. We are. And we <laughs> tell you the right questions to ask. The really great questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, Jensen. Thanks, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. Vince Coakley next. Well,